0: Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year.
1: My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I am here with my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian, and fellas, tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. Well, that's good, because we get to party like we're 22 years younger than we really are. I can can... stay up till midnight. Yay!
0: (laughs) So we have recently concluded our season on the films of 1999, and as we always do, we are taking a look back in our epilogue episode at what we covered and what we didn't cover, uh, different categories where we uh, could have talked about other things, some suggestions from our audience members. And, And before we get into that, I think we need to say that this year is just, we could have kept going forever. We, yeah, we really kind I think there is a podcast that l- literally does that. There right? are multiple. I mean, this was a, a little Awesome Movie Year history. When we were originally talking about launching a podcast, yeah. we were just going to do a podcast about the films of 1999 and then discovered there are at least two other podcasts
1: that do that. And we got to give a dap to Brian Raftery, who wrote Best Movie Year Ever about the films of 1999, which spurred the inspiration for our podcast. So if you don't like Awesome Movie Year, you can blame him. Yeah. <laughs> But,
0: you know, we, we felt uh, we wanted to cover a lot of other years first and get ourselves kind of established. And then we came back to cover 1999 in our own kind of snapshot way that we do. And it depressed me, Josh. Why did
1: it depress because you? Because we had so many individual voices doing so many great things that are either one, not doing that anymore, or two, have just been conglomerated into <laughs> the corporatization of Marvel America and, you know, Star Wars America and Lego America and any type of other franchise America.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe one of the reasons why this is regarded as such a great year is because it was one of the last years where maybe some of that non-franchise filmmaking broke through in a big way.
1: I think you're right. And but this was supposed to be like the rebirth of the new Hollywood, right? Like auteurs getting to make movies telling the stories they want to tell and breaking new bounds of cinema, and instead they're all making the next installment of Doctor Strange or Spider Eternal or whatever. Ooh, Spider Eternal. Yeah, he's a Spider-Man and an Eternal. That is a 100% believable thing.
0: (laughs) Trust me, from many years of reading comics. Uh, So we started off, and I think this is is a way to kind of uh, address that. We started off with our Box Office Champion episode, which uh, was The Sixth Sense, um, which was not actually the number one movie at the box office. It was the number two movie at the box office. But we did not want to talk about the actual top grossing
1: movie of 1999, which is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And we had a good conversation about this, and I fought hard against The Phantom Menace. You did. You guys, you had a fair point in that there is a younger generation that seems to love The Phantom Menace. Uh, I had it on the other day, uh, just in the background, waiting for something. And Scarlett was like, "What? What is this? This is bad." <laughs> but then I think she said, "I like that guy," and it was Jar Jar Binks. So oh man! Let's cancel her. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, everybody knows the Phantom Menace is a garbage pile of trash. Um, but you know, Josh, the other ones that we could have done were The Matrix, which of course we have coming up as a bonus episode. And Toy Story 2 was a big one from uh, that year as well.
0: Yeah, Toy Story 2, also Disney's Tarzan, uh, and some non-franchise things. Uh, the Brendan Fraser version of the Mummy, which has quite a following these days, That's and cool. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like this Brendan Fraser comeback. Coming. I do too. Uh, Nodding Hill. When do we have original romantic comedies among the top ten grossing u- films they of the year? Used yeah. to be there all the time, Not especially anymore. with
1: Julia Roberts. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: And uh, The World is Not Enough, the James Bond film. The world is not enough. Thank you. Listen to our bonus episode about You Only Live Twice, yeah. still available on Patreon. Hey, Josh,
1: what I got to say about The Sixth Sense is how delightful that it still holds up as strongly as it does. And we're seeing uh, this Shyamalan up and down renaissance of sorts, where it now is down, I'd say, after Old Buddy keeps coming back up. That he does. And and shout out to Dick Walsh for that amazing interview and all his great insight from a box office uh, perspective. Yes, thank you very much to Dick Walsh for joining us in that Sixth Sense episode. So, first feature. This was a good year for first features. The one that got away, as we like to say, that we didn't cover, that maybe we'll get to sometime down the road in the future, for me anyway, was Being John Malkovich by Spike Jones, which is such a cool movie, and I haven't really seen it since... The first time I saw it. Have you seen it? Since? Yeah, I don't know if I have either. But uh, I mean, Dave, of course, is a massive
0: Charlie Kaufman fan. Yeah, I just rewatched it last year and I might have even liked it more than
1: back then. Yeah. And Spike Jones, just like her, is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years or so. You know, so um, some other ones we had were The Iron Giant, which I love, Brad Bird. Ratcatcher, Lynn Ramsey. I've never seen that one, but I've yeah. I know I haven't either, but uh, I like some of her other films, so that would have been interesting. Yeah, one. Lynn Ramsey. I don't know. She just maybe doesn't have the output for us to do this. Yeah, you know, Titus, Julie uh, Taymor. That would have been interesting. I feel like. Yeah, I really like that movie, and Julie Taymor is a very interesting
0: filmmaker who uh, has made some kind of critically reviled films. But whether you like or dislike her work. She's very distinctive and she always kind of goes for it.
1: So that's a really evident right away in Titus. Speaking of critically reviled, Josh, um, Malcolm D. Lee, who recently made Space Jam, a new legacy, uh, made a much more critically acclaimed film with his debut, The Best Man in 1999. People really love that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. And that's a movie where he made a
0: very belated sequel, The Best Man Holiday, which is not good at all. But I saw them in reverse order and coming to that. Original, I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible because the sequel was
1: terrible, but it's delightful. But did you guys both see the new Space Jam? Sadly, I did. Yeah, there's a Piecing It Together episode. It's bad. Yeah, yeah Piecing It
0: Together is bad. It is, very. <laughs> uh,
1: and then, uh, pardon me for the pronunciation, but we were also looking at Luca Guadagino's uh, The Protagonist. He's an interesting director. He is.
0: I'm not familiar. I assume that's an Italian film before he kind of broke out internationally. But uh, he, uh, he's a very interesting filmmaker. So we then got to our box office flop episode, which was uh, Jason's darkest moment on the show. I almost quit the show. We, no, talked, we talked about Wild Wild West. I still hate it. And then and, and that's fair. And I am amazed this extremely long list of possibilities that we had. I feel like we could do a whole podcast that's just the box office flops of 1999. Because there's some interesting, weird ass films and just mainstream experiments that did not work including the film version of My Favorite Martian, uh, the video game adaptation of Wing Commander. Dave, have you seen that? You're a video game guy. Yeah, I've never actually seen that one, though. It looked so bad. I'm sure it is. Uh, Chill Factor, the Cuba Gooding Jr. racing against time in an ice cream truck. Is that what it is?
1: I thought, oh, I don't know. Is Skeet Ulrich in it, maybe? That sounds right. And man, that's good that you remember that. I didn't
0: see it, but I've seen the poster. Ang Lee's Ride with the Devil. The... Starring Jewel. Yeah, which is not bad. I've seen that. Uh, At First Sight with Val Kilmer getting his sight back as a blind guy and Mira like Sardino.
1: I, s- I feel like I saw that one and it wasn't bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bicentennial Man, which is a notoriously bad Robin Williams where he plays a
1: robot. Have you seen that? Maybe. I- right. If I do, I don't remember it. So. Uh, Jason's favorite, Ed TV. I think I'm going to fight for Ed TV because... This was 1999 and it was the birth of reality TV around this. And, you know, the first two movies that I remember being about reality TV were Ed TV and The Truman Show. And Ed TV, not a good movie, but I do think it was a forerunner to this trend about making films about reality television. Plus, Ellen DeGeneres as a uh, love interest. I wish we could just move past that and she could just be, you know, play not a love interest maybe or or a lesbian love interest just, just dory maybe just dory that's what, what i'm saying is it. i don't need every movie doesn't have to have a
0: love side story yes i agree um life with eddie murphy people and, love that movie though uh but life. life oh yeah, yeah i've never seen it and i i guess i'm um, okay mumford what was that one mm, i don't even jason know jason lee is that sure, right Sure, that sounds right jason had so many suggestions here uh There were a
1: lot of bombs in that. There
0: were. Mystery Alaska, Pushing Tin. Isn't that the movie you thought we were discussing
1: in a different episode? (laughs) No. No, that's Bandits, Okay, but also- Mystery Alaska is a pretty good hockey movie with Russell Crowe. I like that one. Um, And Josh, I really fought for the insider.
0: Right. Well, and the insider is great. uh, But I think really on that flop episode, to me, you want to do something that's just a gigantic, spectacular failure. And there's some other quality films, Spike Lee's Son of Sam, which I think is- Summer of Sam. Summer of Sam, sorry, which I think is decent. Uh, Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey has Andy Kaufman, certainly has a good reputation. Yeah, Milos Forman. And some other disastrous things, The Astronaut's Wife, the Dudley Do-Right movie, speaking of Brendan Fraser, Uh, Instinct, which is a terrible thriller, Uh, The Corrupter with Jet Li, I think. Chow Yun-Fat, right? Chow Yun-Fat, sorry. And uh, the 13th Warrior with uh, Antonio Banderas, which I have. Seen. Well, you also had existence on that. Yeah, there. Well, I had it. We'll get to my pick later. So, I mean, just a crazy list of weird, interesting, misbegotten films. I mean, look at the chances they were taking. Was yeah. Man on the Moon a flop? According to the list that I copied this from when yeah. we were originally discussing this I episode, it was.
1: I think, you know, maybe it didn't tank but it didn't right just didn't you know? meet expectations right exactly yeah. like okay. the insider is sure know. yeah
0: that's another one yeah
1: right so anyway we did um wild wild west and it proved to be the worst movie i've ever watched for this podcast all I right think.
0: so after that we talked about the Cannes film festival palm d'Or winner rosetta the uh, depressing
1: uplifting, <laughs> feel good movie of <laughs> the 90s belgian waffles you know it's got a lot of belgian uh, waffles yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: in it yeah, 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 yeah. um from the Darden uh, dardenne brothers But impressively, in the competition at Cannes that year, they beat out so many major filmmakers to win that prize. Uh, Just a few of the movies that were in competition at Cannes that year included uh, Eight and a Half Women by Francois Ozone, All About My Mother by Pedro Almodovar, Cradle Will Rock by Tim Robbins, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai by Jim Jarmusch. Limbo by John Sayles, The Straight Story by David Lynch, and Wonderland by Michael Winterbottom. I mean, that's a crazy lineup of filmmakers.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't know if I've seen any of those movies. You've never seen The Straight
0: Story? No, I'd like to. Yeah, The Straight Story, All About My Mother is great. Limbo, you know, I'm a big John Sales fan. I like well, that as well. Well, I've seen Ghost Dog, and I think uh, we might Hint,
1: hint, talk about that. It's that might annoying.
0: be coming up in the, f- in the future. Yeah. And uh, of course, out of competition, premieres included Dogma by Kevin Smith. Seen it. The Limey by Steven Soderbergh. Seen it. The documentary My Best Fiend by Werner Herzog. Would like to see it. And
1: Ed TV. <laughs> Seen it. <laughs> Probably on an airplane. <laughs> see, Ed TV was such a big thing and went to Cannes. Josh. It did. It did indeed. You mentioned uh, My Best Fiend. That was a potential for us on our documentary pick. Uh, where we did the Buena Vista Social Club. My Best Fiend would have been cool because we love Werner Herzog as he stares into the abyss every day and tells us what is and what is not in this simulation we live in. Um, And this was about his relationship with Klaus Kinski. And I think it would be interesting if he did another one today about those two. Yeah, I mean, Herzog is always interesting. You know, we talked
0: about his film Strosek in our 1977 season, and I'm sure we'll get back to him again. The
1: other ones we were talking about, uh, I think three of the five nominees uh, for Best Documentary this year, including Buena Vista, were about music. One was called Genghis Blues, about someone who goes over uh, to East Asia to learn a very ancient blues style of music. That sounds interesting. Mr. Death, I believe that's our friend Errol Morris, correct? Yes. Have you seen Mr. Death? Uh, I have not. No, I haven't seen any of these others that we Is that mentioned. a dude, is that about a modern day executioner? I believe that it is. Yeah. Right.
0: Someone who maybe invented the... Yeah, someone who invented something like that.
1: And one day in September 1, that's about the Munich massacre. Uh, pretty horrible situation in the 1972 Olympics where uh, Palestinian terrorists murdered like 12 Israeli athletes. Just horrible, man. Uh, not horrible. It was our last Uh, I mean and I don't mean the documentary I mean the situation of course yes yes and uh on a lighter note we were considering Beyond the Mat one of the classic documentaries that follows professional wrestlers including Mick Foley and Terry Funk we will have to eventually get
0: to talk about Jason's love of professional wrestling related to some movie okay I feel like it's necessary Uh, So my pick was Fight Club, which I really didn't have to debate about because it is one of my favorite movies of all time, even though my assessment might have diminished slightly as we talked about it. That should have been our shortest episode ever. Right, because we were not supposed to talk about Fight Club. My wife! Thank you. (laughs) Um, As Jason mentioned, I did uh, also talk about potentially uh, Existence from David Cronenberg. Which I watched not that long ago for an article, and and I think holds up as a really weird uh, sort of alternative to the Matrix. But we have talked about Cronenberg before when we talked about his film Crash, uh, the South Park movie, uh, which I wonder would hold up because I've long since uh, long since given up on enjoying South Park, but I loved that movie at the time.
1: I did too. Hilarious. I bet it's still hilarious.
0: Yeah, and and the Insider, which um, we didn't end up talking about in the flop episode, but I agree with Jason is a fantastic Michael Mann film.
1: Yeah. And that's with Christopher Plummer and Russell Crowe, who Russell Crowe, at this point in time, just hitting a lot of home runs, Josh. Is he? At this point in time in 1999? Oh, in 1999. I yeah. thought you meant in 2021. Nope, definitely okay. did not. Good. Good call. <laughs> Josh, tell us about the foreign films.
0: So our foreign film pick was Run, Lola, Run from Tom Teekver. Other potential ones, we mentioned All About My Mother from Pedro Almodovar, which was at Cannes, and uh, we talked about Almodovar in 89, I think, for Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which we were a bit disappointed in, so maybe we'll get back to him again. Yeah, All About My Mother was a pretty worldwide uh, smash, I think. Yes, I, and I've seen that, and it's very, very good um Takashi Miike's audition which uh would have been interesting to subject uh, Jason to watching that which is a very uh horrifying uh thriller horror movie thing uh Claire Denis, Beau Travail, we talked about doing um and The Wind Will Carry Us from Abbas Kiristami, who is I mean all of those are major Miike and Denis and Kiristami, all major major world filmmakers that hopefully we will get to talk about eventually.
1: Yeah, we have mentioned Claire Denis from her work on paris texas as uh you know one of i don't know if she was assistant director but she was definitely on the on the set helping out there with Vim vendors who directed one of east of social clubs see how I tied it all this comes together together yeah josh my pick uh there weren't that many choices i mean the insider again could have been something but obviously i chose rushmore i'm glad i did uh, i think you had appreciation for it which we all liked and you know, I, it's still a very good movie to me. I don't love it as much as I did when I first saw it, which was like, it was my favorite movie ever, I think then, but I still love it. Uh, Three Kings, that was a movie that stars Spike Jones from yeah, that's David, a good o- one. David O. Russell. I don't think we've had O. Russell on, uh, the sh- um, so we got to get there. We got to get a David O. Russell in movie sometime. Sure, right? yeah, he's a controversial figure. Yeah, made some great movies. Yeah. Being John Malkovich, we talked about that was probably my second choice uh, for this whole thing. And the Limey is one of Steven Soderbergh's greatest movies and super under the radar still. Terrence Stamp. Tell him I'm coming. Yeah,
0: I'd like to revisit that. I I think I maybe didn't appreciate it quite as much as I should or could have when I first saw it. And it's been a while. And that's on you. That is on me. No, and then I've I've loved uh Steven Soderbergh just this year. Uh, no Sudden Move, I thought was great. One of my favorites. Of yeah, this year. that is one of the best
1: movies this year.
0: Yeah. So for Sundance, we ended up talking about the grand jury prize winner for Documentary, which was Chris Smith's American movie. And that was one that a lot of people were asking us about. So glad that uh, so we got it's to It's wonderful.
1: It. Yes. It's so great.
0: And uh, But in the past, we've usually tried to talk about the drama Grand Jury Prize winner. And it was interesting, the, the movie that won both the Grand Jury Prize and the Audience Award for drama at Sundance that year is a film called Three Seasons by Tony Bui, uh, whose name I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, which is an American film set in Vietnam featuring Harvey Keitel. And it's one of these things that just has disappeared entirely. Even if we had wanted to talk about it, it's, it's almost completely unavailable. I think there was a region two DVD or something and Tony Bowie himself, basically after winning Sundance, uh, only directed one other film and that was 16 years later. So it's sort of Mm. a forgotten thing there. What was that movie? I don't recall. Okay. Uh, but not a movie that was, you know, not a, not a major film. Other movies at Sundance that year, again, a packed year. This is telling you how amazing 1999 was. Um, Well, first of all, Genghis Blues, as you mentioned, that was the audience award winner for documentary. Uh, Hirokazu Koreida's Afterlife, which is one of my absolute favorite films. Blair Witch Project, which we did talk about. Uh, Robert Altman's Cookies Fortune, which is kind of a lesser Robert Altman film. Happy Texas. Jawbreaker, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, which is I know a favorite of Jason's, the Guy yeah. Ritchie film. And
1: Happy Texas what was a huge bidding war for it and uh with Steve's on at uh at at uh, Sundance obviously did not pan out the way that Blair Witch did.
0: Yeah, one of those notorious movies that was overpaid for and then went on to do nothing. I mean
1: Lockstock would have been an interesting pick because that is the Guy Ritchie movie that came out and put him right there you know you thought he was going to be like the next tarantino because he uh, also did a lot of scorsese style moves
0: yes uh the minus man with owen wilson uh ravenous which is a big cult classic that we talked about there as well uh twin falls idaho from the polish brothers talk about a weirdly disappointing career that they went on to Mm. uh and a little film featuring jason harris
1: called go (laughs) Oh, there you go. I wasn't go with Doug with Doug Lyman there, uh that film. I, I have to admit it. Um, hey Josh, you mentioned uh the Minus Man. Do you remember who one of the ma- lead actresses was in the Minus Man? Is it Janine Garofalo? Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I don't know why I thought it was Janine Garofalo. Owen Wilson plays a murderer and you know. Yeah, it has kind of a
0: weird cult following,
1: I think. Yeah, I remember it being okay.
0: Yeah, but Jason, tell us more about appearing in Go. I feel like we
1: should have done a whole episode about Jason's one scene appearance in Go. Yeah, we did. It was fun. It was. I was still in high school, and they were casting background extras, and me and my friend Jake both got uh, cast, but then we became featured extra, extras, which was interesting because uh, like I think we both got SAG vouchers for it, right? So we were two away from joining SAG. Jake, uh, in the scene where uh, the red-headed British bloke walks into the wedding, Jake is the groom, and I'm the best man, and I am very thin, and I have blonde hair. Amazing. Neither of those things do I have right now. <laughs> and Josh might remember, at one point, we went to a Blockbuster video, and we were talking to the a uh, woman very very cute woman behind uh who was working there and uh go came up and i was like oh i was in go you remember this yeah and she didn't believe you she didn't believe me and i go if i if i'm in go then you have to give me your phone number right and then we put on go in the blockbuster and she saw me and then she gave me her phone number and we talked for a few weeks and we had a date set up and the night i was gonna go pick her up Her boyfriend called me and said I was not allowed to take her on a date. But you know what her boyfriend could never take away from you? Go. Exactly. That's right. Next up was the Best Picture winner, Josh. That was American Beauty, which... Proved to be an interesting episode. Yeah, that's a movie that has been
0: reassessed quite a bit in, in the last
1: 20 plus years. Including especially by you. You were a huge fan of it upon its original release. I was, and not so much now. Yeah, I think um, I think all of us feel lesser about it now than we did then. Yeah, probably so. So, but other things that we've talked about, oh, a little movie called The Insider. Have we mentioned that on this episode? (laughs) I guess we
0: have to talk about it at some point.
1: Yeah, we should. It's a great movie. Someday, eventually, we'll get to it. Uh, The Sixth Sense, which was Shyamalan's debut, pretty great debut. Then two other movies, The Green Mile, which feels very like, hey, Hollywood, here's a thing for you. Yeah, that
0: that does not hold up. And as much as I enjoy The Shawshank Redemption,
1: Frank Darabont did not strike gold twice there with The Green Mile. Yeah, Shawshank's great. It has nothing to do with this. That would have been 1994, Well, I'm just
0: saying that was another Frank Darabont prison set film based on a Stephen King story. And
1: the last one, which we mentioned (laughs) briefly, which I do think would hold up, which was The Cider House Rules, which I think Michael Caine won the Oscar for that. Yeah, he may have. That's one that I've
0: seen, but is just sort of completely lost uh, any impression on me. The Insider should have won, obviously. Insider should have won Best Picture. Yeah. So then Dave had his pick, which was Office Space. Dave, what else did you uh, consider here? You guys already brought up Being John Malkovich and South Park. Those were two of them that I was thinking about. Also, The Talented Mr. Ripley, uh, Bowfinger, mm, which yeah, Bo great lost movie. Bowfinger. Yeah, Bowfinger. Great movie. And then uh, Galaxy Quest, which... Yeah. Has a huge cult classic. I mean, I think a lot of these could have been cult classic. Yeah, Yeah. and I love the Talented Mr. Ripley, which I also watched not that long ago and holds up really, really well. Yeah,
1: Dave. Good picks, Dave. I know you know we we gave you crap for the frighteners there, but uh, do you think you you always pick comedies? Do you think like Mr. Ripley would have been probably the first drama you would have picked? I think you might be right. Yeah. So maybe in the future you'll pick a drama, but if you want to keep picking comedies, I'm totally cool with it. I think it's important, especially with the lack of comedies and movies now you know yeah yeah and
0: we we get to award winners and film festivals and end up talking about a lot of heavy stuff so nice to have something like
1: and honestly office space is great i could watch it again today please do nah (laughs) we're up to the cult classic and there were a lot to choose from here josh uh you had mentioned ravenous i've never seen ravenous uh
0: i have and it was just a recent topic of discussion on the popcorn and puzzle pieces group and i feel like Something I should revisit, because I remember watching it, knowing that it was had the reputation as being this crazy bonkers, it's about cannibalism, and being a little underwhelmed with it. So
1: maybe I should check it out again. Robert Carlyle, right? Yeah. He's good, Robert Carlyle. I think, wasn't he also in Lockstock that year? Possibly. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Or the Full Monty, very similar around that time. Josh, I'm just rambling, so let's move on. Galaxy Quest, Dave mentioned, that does have a huge cold following. Oh, it really does, yeah. And, it, and that was super fun, that movie, you know? Um, one that I would have gone for, Lake Placid, uh, Betty White. I think that's when she started being foul-mouthed old lady, Betty White. And But that movie was good. I remember liking that. And we've seen so many movies like that, all the Sharknados and the Meg and this and that. Not to say that this was the first one, but this one really... Worked with the camp there. Yeah, it's tough to get that tone right where it's kind of self-mocking, but it's still
0: actually entertaining and not just bad. And that is a fun movie.
1: Yeah, so Josh, two others, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous and Dick, both great teen movies starring Kirsten Dunst. And uh, while we didn't pick either, teen movies do come back this season. We did, however, pick The Boondock Saints, which uh, was really, really interesting to kind of go over again. Yes, it was. Something to talk about. I mean, it's one of the films uh, that we've reviewed that we've covered, not reviewed because we don't review, but that we've covered that really like we get swept up in the backstory. That's
0: true. It has a fascinating backstory. So, as speaking of teen movies, our uh, audience choice was a tournament that was really the most elaborate thing we have ever done for the audience choice. We picked 12 teen movies that could have uh, won our list was She's All That, 10 Things I Hate About You, Never Been Kissed, Election, American Pie, Drive Me Crazy, Varsity Blues, Jawbreaker, Cruel Intentions, Idle Hands, Dick, and The Wood. And thank you to everybody who voted
1: multiple times in our various rounds on And that. Josh, when I put this together, I had to narrow it down from 17. There were 17 teen movies in 1999. Yeah, it was quite the year for that. Josh, the winner was Election, which is pretty cool because it's subversive and weird and kind of leads us down the path of Alexander Payne. And as I mentioned in the episode, the first time I saw it, I was like, what? I don't know if I like this. And then I've watched it two or three times since, and it grows on me every single time. And man, Reese Witherspoon, just out of the park. Yeah, and
0: that's a good choice. Uh, We kind of, the more mainstream choice there, we were kind of expecting maybe a bit would have been American Pie. Uh, I would have loved to talk about 10 Things I Hate About You, which I think is is still kind of underrated, even though it has uh, quite a big following. Uh, maybe we'll get to that eventually.
1: You know, Josh, I do think uh, American Pie, if it had won, would have been a worthy winner because I think that just set up the next 10 years of teen movies. Sadly, you are correct. <laughs> I think the real thing here is, again, the reason why we set this up as a tournament was, what a trend, 17 teen movies all in one year. like. This was a boom time for the team movies. That it was. And Josh, uh, while we we're talking about audience choice, I think you had another great category that we could have done, which was classic TV made into horrible <laughs> live action films.
0: Yeah. And there weren't 17 of those, but there were quite a few. My Favorite Martian, The Mod Squad, Inspector Gadget, and Dudley Do-Right all came out in that year. And I have not seen any of them. So it would have been interesting to get to those. Maybe in our spinoff podcast about all the flops of 1999, we'll do that.
1: No, Josh, because we have a spinoff podcast already where we will watch every Ed Burns movie chronologically called Feel the Burns. And this is hilarious if you've been listening to the phone conversations between me and Jason recently. Otherwise,
0: it's random and completely out of place.
1: I'm just trying to sell... The audience on feel the Burns, maybe if we get enough groundswell of support here, you will actually go along with me to do this podcast. That will not happen.
0: (laughs) So as always, we uh, appreciate all of our listeners giving us their feedback about what movies they're interested in hearing about. And of course, again, because of the sheer number of popular, uh, important movies this year, we got a huge amount of suggestions, uh, many of which we've talked about already. So I've tried to go through kind of uh, the ones that we haven't already addressed. Uh, Matt Markman mentioned 8mm with Nicolas
1: Cage. Um, Doesn't that have that 20-minute opening?
0: No, that's Snake Eyes. The oh, 8mm, is
1: that the snuff film one? Yeah, yeah. the Joel Schumacher directed, uh, which I if, think is quite bad. If anyone wants a snuff film, it's Matt Markman.
0: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> also, he mentioned uh, Broke Down Palace with Claire Danes, uh, Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. And I love this. He He suggested audition and said, haven't seen yet but here is amazing. So thank you for suggesting a movie that you don't even know if it's seeing.
1: Well, I know Matt and he does like these kind of offbeat, crazy, wild cultish things. So that would fit for him. Yeah. I actually uh, really like stir of echoes, by
0: the way. I've never seen stir of echoes uh, or broke down palace for that matter. Um, Kim Foster suggested girl interrupted with, uh, Angelina Jolie, which I also haven't seen, but that was uh, one of the highlights of her career.
1: I've seen it. It's not a bad film. And also Josh, I, uh, have told you that I recently watched that, uh, two part Brittany Murphy, uh, documentary and they go into her work in that. And just like what a high point it was for Brittany Murphy as well.
0: Yeah. Maybe
1: worth, uh, worth
0: a look. Uh, Victoria Rubiero suggested, but I'm a cheerleader, which probably could have almost made our teen
1: movie tournament. Kind of. It's I. Uh, yeah, maybe, right? Is it really, does it have anything to do with being a teen other than I mean, the, there, the characters level, are right? teens yeah. in
0: like this sort of uh, camp for uh, gay conversion right, or whatever. Right. So it's a coming of age story. Certainly. Yeah, no,
1: that could have worked. Victoria, good pick. And also it's, I remember it being a pretty unique film. Yeah, it's so. a fun movie. It has a great visual style to it. Hey, Josh, also uh, Natasha Lyonne. What a comeback she's had with Russian Doll. Huh?
0: Yeah, and all sorts of stuff. She's uh, really brought herself out of some dark places. Uh, and lastly, Ken Miller suggested Magnolia, which, I mean, another just landmark film that we'll have to maybe get to eventually, or at least get to P.T. Anderson.
1: Yeah, yeah, that we we would. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. We'll do something. We'll get it there. Probably yeah. next thing. Mm. Wink, wink. Maybe so. Uh,
0: So speaking of that, Jason, do you want to tease what we have coming up? We have all sorts of
1: bonus, interesting stuff on the way. We have a menagerie, a grab bag, a cornucopia, a miasma of different, a plethora, Dave, of Mm. different, different amazing episodes coming up. First of all, Josh, it's right around the holidays. And you know me, I love the holidays. And I love when we do holiday movies here. We always talk about holiday movies from seasons past that maybe we haven't gotten to if we couldn't do it in season. So we have two from 2003. We have a film called elf and we have a film called love actually. And they were both actually potential choices for our audience choice episode. They lost to bad Santa, but both got a lot of votes. So we thought, Hey man, these are both worth covering and uh, both. I'd say holiday staples at this point in time. They are. So we've got those coming up for the holidays and, and they're bookending. Yeah, we're going to break it up in the middle because uh, that new Matrix movie comes out. The Matrix, uh, the Passion of the Matrix Resurrected, uh, the Matrix <laughs> Resurgence. The, Ma- uh, the Matrix Resurrection is coming out on December 22nd. So we will be covering the original Matrix, which happened in 1999, as we've mentioned in this episode. And we'll do another uh, fun bonus episode on that. And then when all that's done, that'll lead us into the new year, Josh. And that is when we will start season 10. And season 10 is basically a
0: whole bonus season. It is our 10th season. So we're going to take a look back at all of the years we've previously covered and pick out some movies that we didn't cover but that we probably talked about in our epilogue episodes that we uh, should have covered, that we were eager to cover. So uh, 10 episodes looking back at all our past
1: seasons. Movies that we missed that also fit into the categories of Awesome Movie Year. So what are we going to kick off in that season, Jason? Well, Josh, it is a box office champ. While it wasn't the number one movie of 1977, it was a top five, and it was in our poll for Iconic 77. And that is one of my favorite movies and it's called Smokey and the Bandit. So we will get to all of that
0: stuff very soon. Tune in for all of those bonuses and thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. An All Points West production produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.